KG, and this is not safe for network. There's nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Hey everyone, welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So Brandon, how was your day? It was adventurous as far as technology goes. <laughs> oh yeah, what what happened? So my daughter's phone decided to become a brick today. Oh and no. So <laughs> Spent two hours trying to get that up and started, and it just didn't didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. What what was going on with it exactly? I think the uh, the battery's toast on it, and it's not sending signal to the phone. I don't know. It's it won't boot up into its operating system. Oh no! What a bummer. So it's yeah, not working well. But at least we got this technology going. With Facebook Live, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, woohoo! So this is our second Facebook video. In case you missed it before, um, okay. So I got I got my phone up so that I could read comments. Yay! <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to see them though, but you know we'll find out. Okay, so we should start out. Um, you had something about Wayne's World you wanted to talk about. Okay, so over the weekend there was an auction. I believe it was down in Vegas area. And there were some normal sports cars and stuff. But one particular item showed up on this auction. The original Mirthmobile Ooh, from the- Wayne's World. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Garth Algar's car then. Yeah. It's a AMC Ford nineteen seventy one AMC Pacer. <laughs> Does it still come with the red rope licorice dispenser? There, this was one that was at, the one that was actually used on set. Um, it actually has uh, like steel plates bolted to the side so it can uh, hold cameras and uh, do lots of stuff. It's got a hole drilled in the r- roof for the red rope. So somebody's actually feeding red rope licorice. Oh, what a bummer. So you have to have somebody hanging on to the side of the car like <laughs> if you want to simulate Wayne's World. <laughs> Some guy hanging on the roof. <laughs> That's amazing. So I just want to see what you would guess the original Wayne's World Pacer would. Now, keep in mind it was restored. Okay. Um, a little backstory is I don't know where will that went after I believe it was universal that filmed that. Uh, I don't know where it went after that, but a couple of years ago it showed up on uh pawn stars. Okay. Um, and they bought the car and restored it. <laughs> so you're getting full value for the 71 <laughs> ANC phaser with it, it in order to get a lot of the, cameras and stuff inside the car they had to take out like most of the the dash so it has no heat no air conditioning (laughs) so this is a great car is what you'd say (laughs) at bare bones it's an amc 1971 pacer now that being said i bet because it was used in wayne's world probably worth quite a bit 
I just want to see what you think it went for in, at auction. Um. Okay, so the blue book value on a seventy-one pacer is gotta be you break. <laughs> you just stepped on my joke. <laughs> but because it's used in Wayne's world, and it's probably people around our age that are gonna want it the most. I'm gonna guess. So we're talking somebody with some money who's around our age, maybe a dot com guy. I'm gonna say one point three million. Way overpriced. Fuck. <laughs> What'd it go for? Thirty seven thousand and change. Wow. What do you think the blue book value was <laughs> if it wasn't the Wayne's World car? <laughs> Gotta be next to nothing. <laughs> Probably about as much money as I got in my pocket right now. <laughs> <laughs> How much money do you have in your pocket? Like no. four ninety five? <laughs> I might be able to cover it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, a little more movie news, and you'll have to excuse me. i got to read my notes here, so it's it's not going to look great. But um, Harry Shearer file, filed a $125 million lawsuit. Now, when I first read this, I was like, well, Harry Shearer is difficult. Because <laughs> we, we've talked about this on the show. Like The people who work with them are just like across the board like, yeah, dude's a genius. He's also kind of a dick, you know. Um but I, you know, we love Harry Sherry because he's been McGovern Burns, he's been Derek Smalls, he's done it all. Smithers, uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few things. Oh, uh, wasn't he handsome Dan in Wayne's World too? Yeah, yeah. So that's your connection right there to Wayne's World. Um, but he he filed this 125 million dollar suit against Vivenda and Studio Canal for fraud and contract breach. He's seeking to regain the rights to Spinal Tap. So apparently, the uh, him Harry or excuse me him Michael McKeon, uh, Rob Reiner, and who am I missing here? Oh, uh, uh, Christopher Guest. Like they all had the rights of Spinal Tap and kind of gave it to the studio. And in 2019, there's a good chance it's going to revert back to them. And so this is part of what this lawsuit's about. It's also because. They they were supposed to receive forty percent of net receipts, and if this is true, this is messed up. Okay, and it's not Derek Smalls filing the suit, so I believe like Harry Shear probably believes this, but um, apparently they only received eighty one dollars in merchandising and ninety eight dollars in music sales. Wow, and nothing off the no. And keep in mind, this came out like when did when did Napster takeover, like what, 98? 97, 98, yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about almost 20 years, like pretty close, like, okay, like 15 years of like solid album sales. And they only got that much in merchandising and like album sales. That's ridiculous. Like, I hope, and it's, it's basically Hollywood accounting is what he's chalking it up to. And, it's hard not to believe that when I hear it because, once again, there's, like, executives that'll tell you that, like, for example, Forrest Gump lost a lot of money. You know, Forrest Gump, the biggest movie of, like, one of the biggest movie years ever, 94. <laughs> like, it's totally unbelievable, and they do this all the time, and they get away with it all the time. So um, I kind of hope that he calls them to account, honestly. I think it'd be all right. Now, here's... so. I mean, that's just justice, right? But here's the part that actually matters. They can't just go and do Spinal Tap right now. 
they have to literally get a, an issued license from the company so that they can go out and do a Spinal Tap show. And then they only get a small percentage of the receipts when they play a show with Spinal Tap. That's messed up. That is messed up. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm pulling for you, Derek Smalls. Maybe not (laughs) Harry Shearer, but Derek Smalls, I'm pulling for you. (laughs) You know, they got a real bad deal when they were the the new originals. So you really want to see Spinal Tap as England's loudest band kind of make good, you know? Well, I hope they crank it up to 11. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Well, we just hit every easy joke now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one was really big news, and I can't believe this happened. Um, So apparently Amy Pascal, who ran Sony, she is not the head of Sony anymore. It's some other guy whose name I won't mention because I don't remember off the top of my head, and I did not write it in my notes. But... So basically what we're finding out is that Spider-Man may not be in the Infinity Wars. In fact, he may not be in any more Marvel movies. Tom Holland was quoted saying it really depends on what happens behind the scenes. And not all that long ago, it was like a couple of months ago that Kevin Feige was talking about how they had a good thing going and how, you know, like they really didn't see a limit to like how Spider-Man would be used in the MCU. So apparently that's going to have to be walked back now because Amy Pascal is not in charge of Sony anymore. What are you doing, Sony? God, are you cool? Are you cool, Sony? (laughs) No, they're not cool. (laughs) You know what it is? They probably wanted to make a bunch of notes and realized they didn't have the juice to do it, so it's starting to bother them now that the first one's in the can. Oh, God, just let them them go. They know what they're doing. Just sit back, enjoy that royalty check, and let them go. Yeah. But maybe, okay, maybe we're thinking about this in the wrong way. Maybe Marvel's being total dicks, and they wrote the worst Spider-Man movie ever intentionally, just so that like Sony would lose money on it and have to sell off the rights to, oh, I don't know, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? You think this is a possibility? If it was Fox, I would say absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they don't get along so well. <laughs> but no, it's Sony, so I don't know. I, I feel like they're biting the hand that feeds them on this one. Like Marvel actually like rebooted it a second time and made it work after your disastrous previous reboot. Um, I just I don't know what they're doing, man. Like they're just they're shitting on what the fans want and that never works out very well. No, not in the long run. Not especially when you're about to like usher in the sixth movie in a franchise tends not to be the freshest movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the public kind of knows what they're in for with Spider-Man at this point. We can tell a really original (laughs) story on this. We could tell the origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's his plan is that, uh, Spider-Man 7 is going to be like, no, no, here's here's what it is. Like, a third of the movie is going to be a new story, but then the other two-thirds, we find out how he became Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story everybody's <laughs> fighting for. You know there's a few three-year-olds right now who have no idea how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. <laughs> so we need to cater to that audience. I kind of feel like that's what they're going for at this point. Uh, some other crazy superhero news. This one is absurd. Okay. 
Leonardo DiCaprio is back in Captain Planet. Captain Planet looks like it's going to happen, and it's because of Leonardo DiCaprio. Why? (laughs) Because we need a little earth, wind, fire, and heart. And heart. And heart. (laughs) What did I miss? Earth, wind, fire, wind? No, I already said that. Earth, wind, fire. Earth. I, said, I started oh, with earth. earth. Earth, wind, fire. Water. Water. <laughs> Screw water, dude. They're no good. Hey, earth, wind, and fire was a hell of a band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been why it was throwing me off. <laughs> I just didn't want to go any farther. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I mean, do we really need this? Do we really need Captain Planet in our life? No, of course we don't. (laughs) There's a real reason why Captain Planet exists, and it was called the 90s, and it's well past the 90s. I hope Leonardo DiCaprio plays him, though, and I hope it's his next role after finally winning an Oscar. (laughs) Like, Leo's just like, fuck it. I'm tired of doing the right thing in movies now. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to have fun. I'm going for the paycheck. Yeah, I'm going for the paycheck, Captain Planet. (laughs) I got news for you, Leo. You're going to lose money on this movie. <laughs> There's no way this is going to be big. I don't even think they could reboot the show and have it work. It would. I don't see where they'd make money on a show. I don't. Do, is everybody out there familiar with Captain Planet? Do, do you guys know who Captain Planet is? Okay, so Captain Planet is basically there's like these four kids from around the earth. And uh, in their most pandering forms for the races. <laughs> like, really, you know? Yeah, there was uh, the Chinese girl. There was a, a black guy. Was there an Indian kid, too? I kind of think there was, but I can't. Yeah, I feel like there was. Um, I remember Heart. I was always like, Heart's not an element. That always used to make me <laughs> mad. I was like a seven-year-old screaming at the TV. I haven't really matured that much because I just like grew up at a certain level and just maintained it. So I'm a little immature for a 37-year-old, but I was a real mature (laughs) (laughs) seven-year-old. But anyway, so they would like fight stuff and they would do well to a point until they hit the third act and then realize they couldn't beat whatever stupid thing it was. It's usually a guy with like a twirly mustache and a bulldozer, yeah. something like that. And they suddenly clear not the rainforest. You gotta <laughs> yeah, stop it's, it. it's always rainforest. <laughs> and so they realize they can't stop them from clearing out the rainforest. So they call down Captain Planet. They put their rings together, right? Like Voltron style, kind of. Yeah, except because, they don't become like Voltron. They just like call in the big guy. Yeah, they just call in Captain Planet. Would you do that just right out of the gate? <laughs> like I'd just be eating snacks and then it's like, like... What is Captain Planet really doing right now? Yeah, it's just like, dude, he's in the sky somewhere. He can come down and handle this. I'm in the middle of GTA 5 right now. <laughs> hey, Captain, why don't you handle this one? <laughs> Unless maybe he is like, did you ever see the funnier die sketches for Captain Planet? Never. Oh my god, dude! You need to check that out when we get off of this. Like Don Cheadle plays Captain Planet, and he's insane. <laughs> like he just starts turning people into trees, and he's basically like a serial killer. Like everybody's <laughs> afraid of Captain Planet once he gets summoned, and he just won't go away. <laughs> maybe that's what they didn't show on the cartoon. He's just like this hardcore dick. They're like, oh, we can call in Captain Planet. 
Are we sure this time? <laughs> yeah, are we sure this is the route we want to go? <laughs> <laughs> now, you brought up something on the porch. Um, there's a porch here. You can't see it on camera. but It's right here. Yeah, it's, it's back there behind this thing. This thing right here used to be a TV. It still is a TV. It's just yeah, got a cloth it's over. still a TV. It just it, it evolved to have a cloth over <laughs> it. I, I had these really cool pictures that were going to show up, and it turns out the phone doesn't like the pictures off of that, which sucks because I was like taking pictures on my camera phone, and it, it was turning out okay, but you just can't go from camera phone to camera phone and have it work out. Is camera phone even a thing anymore? I feel like all the phones have cameras now. I don't think you can get one without it. Yeah, unless you're like a 70-year-old and you're buying your phone at Walmart and it plugs in the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Mart. I think, because I was just looking at like really cheap track phones and I think they still came with a camera. Yeah, I believe it. This actually, uh, my thing here, kind of a a track phone. Um, I don't know, I don't remember what uh company it is but it's definitely it, it's owned by track phone for sure so i just pay by month so because i'm cheap y'all hey with this what we ended up buying our daughter so yeah and you want i i don't know if you can see this on the camera probably not but you'll notice the headphone jack nice little uh eighth inch jack uh I will not buy something that's got a unique jack when these jacks have worked for around a hundred years yeah yeah, the, you were telling me the quarter-inch jack has been used for 150 years. Something like that. I don't I think it was like 115 was, or something, but it's, it was using switchboards way back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. And they're, and they're just trying. And then, and then we eventually evolved to the quarter-inch jack, you know, at some point. And like, it's, or excuse me, the eighth-inch jack. And it's just sort of stayed there since. And I, it's not that I think that. I'm against progress because I'm not against progress. It's that I don't believe it's progress with iPhones. I believe that it's greed, and they want you to buy those Beats headphones that they bought from Dr. Dre oh. and made him a billionaire. <laughs> My problem with it is everything I own can plug into that jack. Um I mean, I could play blue, and I do on my in my truck. I have Bluetooth, and I play my music through and listen to uh, all the good stuff here. Not safe for network on my podcast. Yeah, uh, that's debatable. We had a good life. Uh, Alien movie project. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think Bakes of the name of film. mine. That's it. <laughs> wow. Here I am plugging your stuff. I wanted to say it was Simply Biggie, and I knew that wasn't it. <laughs> but it kind of is Simply Biggie with, like, guests. <laughs> Often, Brandon, I think you're the most recurring guest. Have you done three of them? Yeah, I've done uh, Army of Darkness, Princess Bride, and... Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. Where we found out that Last Crusade was your favorite indie movie. Yes. Yeah. No shame in that. <laughs> no. Not mine, but no shame in that. It's a close second to Raiders for me. Uh, I think we both agree that Temple of Doom is the last. Second to last. No, 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 no. (laughs) There was only three, remember? (laughs) Oh, that is correct. Yeah. The fourth is the evil that shall not be named. Um, Ooh, we got Matt Campbell watching. Hi, Matt. Uh, We're not going to get your podcast uh album art up as i was just saying our tv is is not working on this camera so i probably should have tested out this shit way ahead of time (laughs) well 
So we're not going to have the big nip- nipple with the tattoo on it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody watching this, if you want to hit share so that you can not deprive the world of our lovely mugs, our big bearded faces, uh, we'd appreciate it. But anywho. Um, I, since uh, Matt's listening, I did want to say something about your episode. Uh, not the last one. It was 211 where you were talking about uh, – juice dispensers at the convenience stores oh yeah dude talk about a scandal man you know they're not really mixing juice at all i'm so glad that i always just went for the shitty corn syrup infused sodas that is not true at all because i work that's part of my job is actually like setting up convenience stores Uh uh-huh so um there's two types well you talked about the juice dispensers that kind of bubble up. They are actually dispensing juice. The uh, there's a bag in the box, which is uh, you worked at Burger King. There's a yeah, box yeah. of syrup. Thanks for outing me on that. You worked at Burger King too. <laughs> <laughs> you could have easily said I worked at Burger King, and I've seen it, but <laughs> you had to throw me under the bus. Hey. <laughs> So it's dispensing juice, and then there's water actually mixing it at the time. So it's actually what you see is what you're drinking. Okay. Um, the other thing that the, they talked about was the uh, icy machine. There's two different kinds of icy machine. Most people don't quite realize that. There's like the the one that's a, like a snow cone, but it's really like heavy, heavy syrup. Okay. And then so the, the kind that's probably the tastiest, yeah. Because it's all like I actually, sugar. Well, I actually like the other one better. Because the other one, what it adds in is right when it dispenses, it adds carbon dioxide to it. So it's actually carbonated. That's your slushy, slurpy, okay, your convenience store brand, whatever it is. And that one, like I said, it actually injects carbon dioxide to make it fluffier. <laughs> fluff is that is that the term you guys use fluffier i like that so wait can i try something i've never done this before this is a facebook first that is a fluffy beard dude do you want to feel mine it's 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 uh you got some uh it's that's pretty it's wiry spiny. yeah it's wiry spiny. he's wiry <laughs> all right now that we've alienated half of our listeners and grossed out the other half <laughs> And watchers, sorry, Facebook Live. I forgot we have a microphone in front of us. Um, so I want to talk about the thirty best horror movies of all time according to Cineblend. And I will stick up for this list for the most part. I don't totally agree necessarily. Is this with one everything. of those sponsored lists that shows up on N- Facebook? No, this was I searched out a best of list and went through two or three and was like, no, nope, this is bullshit. No, I don't know any of these movies. <laughs> So I found one that was like closer to uh, like stuff that we could actually talk about. So um, this is the so this is the top thirty. So I figured we could like kind of run down all these movies because Halloween's around the corner. It's my favorite holiday. It's fun. Yeah. So uh, number thirty, they got Friday the Thirteenth. Now I don't know. You can make a case for it being on the list because there's like what eleven Jason movies altogether. I lost count. 
Well, know, it well, went up to X, like Jason X, right? Well, just, yeah. And that was oh, 12, 12. Because then you had Freddy versus Jason and you had a remake. And right? then you had Jason Goes to Hell. That was part nine. It was Part eight is uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Part nine is Jason Goes to Hell. Part And then it's Jason X. And, but before Jason X, it was Freddy versus Jason. But I still count that as an entry. And then, uh, and then you have a remake, which I've not seen because it's Michael Bay produced and fuck Michael Bay. So <laughs> that's just how I feel in all things Michael Bay. But uh, hi, Connor. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Anyway, so, uh, you know, Friday the 13th, that's the one where his mom is the killer, right? Right. And I, if if you're seriously mad about spoilers at this point, <laughs> I mean, the movie is very close to 40 years old at this point. <laughs> you really need to get over it. But uh, part two has my favorite scene in a Friday the 13th movie, which is one of the campers goes into the cabin and goes to go to the bathroom and sees a severed head in the toilet and says, I think we're in trouble. That's not my favorite scene. That's not your favorite my scene? My favorite scene actually comes in Jason X. Was this the holographic scene? Yeah, where there's... Because they're in space and there's a holodeck on there. And they trying to confuse him. So they like set it up like Camp Crystal Lake and... They see these uh, two topless girls. Let's have premarital sex. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think they literally say, "Let's have premarital sex," <laughs> and they jump into like separate sleeping bags. So Jason grabs one sleeping bag and starts beating the other one with it. Oh, Jason, he's kind of a, of a misogynist, you know. <laughs> that 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 scene just kills me. <laughs> Okay, so that was just number 30. We All have right. shit to say about most of these movies, I'm, I'm confident. Number 29, Shaun of the Dead. Love it. Yeah, I love that movie, man. It's so good. Like, First off, to be able to like come up with a title that mimics Dawn of the Dead but doesn't make fun of Dawn of the Dead, really? No. I, mean, I think it pays good homage to George R. Romero. I yeah, I mean they have they have the slow moving zombies and stuff, but it's really interesting that it's more just about it really is a romantic comedy with zombies. And I mean, I know Warm Bodies kind of took that farther by making the boyfriend a zombie. And it was a fun movie and everything, but Shaun of the Dead is just good, man. I was watching it with River the other day and she was dying watching it too. <laughs> uh and favorite scene from that movie. For me, yeah, it is the end. Um, so at, at the end, they have uh, Simon Pegg goes out to the attic, or not attic, but his shed to play video games, and he it looks like he's about to get eaten by his friend who snaps back on the chain. He's like, "Come on!" He's like, Ugh. and then he like hands him a video controller, and they play video games together, and then they play Queen. You're my best friend. <laughs> I love that, dude. It's so perfect. Like even when he's a zombie. He can't let go of his friend. His friend, <laughs> his friend's still holding him back, trying to eat him at this point. But he's totally like fine playing video games. And the lead up to that too, where he's flipping around on TV, and they're just like they're using all the zombies for like physical challenge kind of like <laughs> game shows and like all that stuff. What's your favorite scene? My favorite movie? scene is when they're. Uh, it's basically the climax of the movie where they're inside the Winchester. And the zombies break in, 
and the jukebox turns on and it's playing uh oh. queen <laughs> <laughs> it's playing uh don't stop me now yeah that's it and then they coordinate they're hitting coordinating the like, they're like hitting zombies with pool cues <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're tuning it to the beat of the song and not being it's amazing because they're able to like slaughter a lot of zombies up to this point but now they're just completely helpless to kill the zombies <laughs> You know what I mean? They're like just it, like holding them back for minutes. <laughs> they're basically hitting them. They're basically tapping them on the shoulders real hard with p- pool cues. <laughs> and like I feel like earlier in the movie they would have stabbed it through their head, but for some reason at this point they just lost all ability to to slay a zombie. But still funny, a really funny scene. Uh, okay, so this one I've never heard of. It's a Suspiria, I believe. It's a Dario Argento directed movie about a ballet student. Um, there's some kind of supernatural murders and hallucinations, and that's all I really know about it. But never I've heard of it. I've heard of the director. Like he's an Italian director, and apparently, like the Italians make some pretty hardcore zombie movies, is what I've heard. So I I've, I've been meaning to dip a toe in. So. Maybe I'll dip a toe in and give a report come October 31st. I guess I'll have to do it next week because by the, like if I wait another week, it'll be past Halloween for the show. We got two left. Isn't it like the 18th right now? Yeah. 25th. So it'll be like November 1st, the next show. Yep. Yeah. That's too late. <laughs> Gonna have to it's get It's never it too late for Halloween. Yeah, well, I'm you know I'm just saying I gotta I gotta get my shit together and watch that movie. Okay, number twenty seven, another one I've never seen. There's a couple in a row I haven't seen here. Uh, this is Repulsion. It's a Roman Polanski film, and uh, a woman is repulsed by sexuality and hallucinations and sinks into real world violence. Is the description. You that sounds like movie? a Polanski movie. It does sound like a Polanski. <laughs> seems like Polanski in life a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no. Well, dude went to jail about it. I don't think we legally have to say it like allegedly. He was Fled convicted. the country, yeah. Fled the country and went to jail. Uh, okay, Don't Look Now. So this was a Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie movie. Um, apparently they pay... They play parents who try to come to terms with the death of their young daughter, and they encounter some elderly sisters with warnings from beyond. Ooh. So it's like a supernatural movie. Have you seen this movie at Never all? Never seen it. Okay. Well, I've heard of it, but... Really? What have you heard? Not Just the title. Just the title? <laughs> well, yeah, I just said it. Obviously, you've heard of it. Okay. Um, you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> Okay, the next one we've definitely seen, The Thing. The John thing, Carpenter's yeah. The Thing, yeah. I, I'm presuming it's The Thing since they had a picture of the poster and all. And it's not the, uh, what, prequel from 2013? Which, like, I want to give the director a hug because the prequel, he was really trying to honor John Carpenter by not remaking John Carpenter. But, dude, it's just not a good movie. Like, yeah, I haven't seen the prequel on that. Yeah, so the prequel, which has the same name, The Thing, they're basically, it takes place at the, the base that the Swedish people have where they're like chasing the dog. Like the movie ends yeah. with them chasing the dog that is basically The Thing. Which starts out The Thing. 
Yeah. And then later they go to the base and they see like everybody's torch with flamethrowers and you find out how they got there. But let's not talk about that piece of shit anymore. Uh, so they remade the thing from another world, which was about a walking carrot, essentially, uh, who just growled a lot. And they blew up a lot of things. That's basically that movie. But John Carpenter somehow comes up with this paranoid kind of uh, plot where, like, you don't know who's an alien and who isn't. Um, Wilford Brimley plays his most evil role. And it's not just because he doesn't have his mustache, which is very unsettling. There's something about <sighs> Wilford Brimley without a mustache that just makes my skin curl. <laughs> it really does, man. But um, it has, like, one of my favorite endings in a movie ever. It's a really good ending. Yeah, it's basically Kurt Russell and, uh, and Keith, David. Keith David sitting out in the snow, freezing to death, watching each other, ready to just kill each other on the drop of a dime if they have to. I love it, dude. It's just, like, paranoia to the end. It's the perfect Kurt Russell movie. It really is, because he gets to be that kind of cool, like devil make hair attitude and show off his curly locks but then he also gets to kick ass with the flamethrower you can't you can't get a better kurt russell than that i was just watching some uh keith david last night i was watching uh rick rick and morty oh yeah he was in rick and morty he was in rick and morty and he was also on he was on a full season of community really yeah why was he in community he was uh played professor please tell me they didn't misuse him like in roadhouse no <laughs> keith david it like i think he was like he's my personal star in that season yeah that that was always the roadhouse thing was always my um my biggest regret for like a great movie because roadhouse is great in that like great kind of <laughs> quotes but uh roadhouse has Keith David and they don't use him. He just hands bar and he's in the background. Yeah. Such a waste of Keith David. Keith David in uh community is great because they uh he basically he's the inventor of like old school virtual reality. <laughs> like the stick figure kind of oh, virtual reality. Like Johnny man. mnemonic. <laughs> yeah. By the way, lawnmower man, I don't remember if I've ever gone off on this in the podcast. Probably like the most different adaptation of a movie from a book that I've ever seen in my life. Like, here's what the Stephen King story is about it's a short story, and this guy mows lawns. Okay. And then, no, it's not even a guy mowing lawns. It's a guy mows his own lawn, and then one day just gets lazy and doesn't want to mow his lawn, and so the lawn gets super long. And so he calls this guy who's a lawnmower man to mow his lawn, and the guy shows up, and he's not wearing any shoes, and he's got hairy feet, and he eats the lawn and then starts eating all these animals that are, like, nesting in the lawn and stuff, and then he says something to it, and then I think he gets eaten by the guy. Yeah. It turns out to be a leprechaun or something. I don't recall that. It's something. It it was... uh... He was kind of slow, kind of reminded me of the Steinbeck of Nice and Men. No, 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 no. That was the movie. So that, I just described uh. the, the Stephen King short story. So the movie is Pierce Brosnan <laughs> is playing a scientist who invents virtual reality or is playing with virtual reality. And then he has, he has a slow guy uh, mowing his lawn. 
And That's so he like puts the guy into virtual reality and the guy becomes super smart and then eventually can control like computers and then can kill people from using computers. Like he can make all these like something like that. Yeah, dude, it's so ridiculous. Like <laughs> it if goes you see off it, the rails quick. Yeah, it goes off the rails real quick. And it's one of those things that you could only have in the nineties when like nobody understood how virtual reality works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it had to be that nobody could understand it whatsoever for it to work. Um, okay, so next one on the list here. This is a George Romero produced but not directed movie, 28 Days Later. That's a pretty good it's one. A good like, movie. It, the, the only sin of that movie is that it introduced the fast-moving zombies, but technically they may not even be zombies because they're like people just that people are just infected. infected. Yeah. yeah. So that's even debatable. But Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was good cause they did go a different direction with the zombies and I'm, I'm always okay with that, but there was so many fast moving zombies after that. Yeah, that's the problem. And it's, it's ironic because people always refer to the Romero zombies as the slow moving zombies now, but it's like Romero produced that movie. So he sort of ushered in the fast moving zombie too. <laughs> that's the interesting thing about it, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So number 23, they have scream, which I, I do appreciate it being on this list. I don't know if I'd put it on the top 30, but it does show that they're thinking of the time when scream came out rather than like, there's a lot of movies on here that like they're taking into account for the time. Yeah. And so I do appreciate that. Cause in the nineties, like, like I know, I know it seems like it's not such a great movie now, but it's it really started all the self referential like horror movies, and which is like in every horror movie practically now. Um, Scream like ushered in a lot of stuff with that. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was a parody at the time, and it's funny because well, it now wasn't a parody. Like Scary Movie was a parody of Scream. Yeah. Which, like, people started thinking of it that but way. But Scream was kind of a... It was, but it was, like, referencing the rules of horror movies. It was, yeah. like, sort of meta. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of a... It was a new... I thought it was kind of funny take on things, but... Yeah, I'm with you. It was ballsy. I know it's been said a lot, but it was ballsy killing Drew Barrymore in the opening scene. She's front and center on the poster, man. I still have that poster. Yeah, I remember you had that in college. Yeah. Uh, and I guess now. <laughs> Do you it's, hang it it's, up or No, it's buried in my storage unit Yeah, somewhere. I was going to say, it's not that you would have to bury it because of your kids, because I feel like there's only, like, faces no. on it. No. Do they even show the ghost face killer on it? No, it's just the faces, characters, like, yeah. lined up. There's, like, Drew Barrymore in the middle, and then there's, like, the other cast. Like, Courtney Cox and David Arquette and whoever else Matthew is in Willard. it. Nev Campbell, was she in that? Yeah, she was the main girl in it. Yeah. She turned out to be the main girl in it uh, as we were watching. Okay, so uh, the next one, this is another one you got to put yourself in at the time. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Uh, you know... I, <sighs> I rewatched that in the nineties and it didn't hold up. No, like in the nineties, second, but the second first viewing time, was not so good. The first viewing, the first was, time was was worth it. I mean, we went to the theater together. You want to tell that story? <laughs> I don't know if I remember that story. You got really sick 
as I recall. Like all the yeah, it because that was the one that first like really went with the guerrilla style camera shots. Yeah, like they literally. I guess they would um, have compass directions on notes. And tell them like basic plots for them to go to, and they hide it under rocks and stuff, so that each actor would go under their rock and flip it over, so that they could read it. And but they were filming everything, and it kind of sounds like how uh, they decided to change Tropic Thumber, Thunder halfway through. <laughs> yeah, a little bit actually. Now that you mention it, but uh, yeah, how do you do with found footage movies? I mean, are you able to watch them? I haven't watch too many i mean i haven't watched paranormal activity or any of those oh dude you're missing out on a lot no i'm kidding (laughs) i was like really Uh, the first one is like i thought it was a good idea and it was it was original especially for like a super cheap budget and then they just get stupider um the second one like they have a scene where they keep they have all these like stationary cameras everywhere and they keep showing this pool and then eventually, like, this hose moves at a pool. And I'm like, ooh, the hose moved. We've been watching five minutes of footage of this fucking hose that we could <laughs> see somebody pulling it off camera. This is real exciting, guys. Ugh. Yeah. And from what I understand, they just get worse from there. Um, okay. So, number 21, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This is the 1978 Donald Sutherland joint. You know, I haven't seen that, but it's... It's been on my if I see it list. I have seen it. Okay, this is an exclusive for Facebook Live watchers. You guys ready? Here's my Donald Sutherland impression. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you could see that real well on the camera. <laughs> I'm sure that shows up real well. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah, uh, super big mouth. Uh, looks like you could ram a fist into his mouth at the end. Because it's got, I'm just going to ruin it, dude. Because invasions, invasions of the Body Snatchers, I've seen three or four versions. They all end differently. Um, this one ends with Donald Sutherland like walking out and like kind of going through his daily routine and then seeing, I think it's his girlfriend. And then just like she says something to him and then he just opens his mouth and like bellows out, which is what all the aliens do. So it's a total surprise that he's an alien at that point. You think he's one of the holdouts and you don't realize like, no, he was just a body snatcher. But that's like at the end of the movie. That's I only bring it up because it's the most memorable thing about the movie. It's pretty good, though. Like of all the invasions of the body snatchers movies, that's the one I would go with. I think it's got Leonard Nimoy talking about the spores going through space at the beginning. I think it's that one. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do the eyebrow. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I hope that shows up on the camera. Uh, okay, number 20. This one's sort of predictable to be on the list. If you got Friday the 13th, you kind of need a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they got the original one on here. Um I Freddy Krueger is like a great villain. He really was. He was a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. Um, I know my wife would disagree with that, but why is that? She just has this uh, irrational fear of Freddy Krueger. I mean, that's what you want in a horror movie, though, right? Yeah, but it's it's to the point where I can't enjoy going back and watching Freddy Krueger movies. Oh God, <laughs> I remember. Uh, I have no idea. See, I didn't know this about your wife, so I might have fucked up something. But um, 
when your daughters when we were babysitting them once uh, yeah you know what i'm talking about right I know away exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> we were babysitting them and uh i like my wife hates it when i sing that that song from a nightmare on elm street One, and so i had two, all the kids he's coming for you <laughs> three four better lock the door Five, six, catch a crucifix. Seven, eight, gotta stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. Now picture six kids singing this <laughs> when my wife comes home. And I, I instructed them all to like stare straight ahead, dead-eyed, and sing this song. They were into it, dude. They could not wait. Did they sing that for you too when you came over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Now, did your daughters continue this with Jesse? Because I had no idea your wife Maybe was like, terrified once. of this. Maybe once. That was enough, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that was like Johnny Depp's first role, too. Friday the 13th. I think so. I think he's killed when Freddy goes through the um, the wall of the bedroom. Like in a, it's like a late the bed. I think so, yeah. And the fountain of blood. Yep. I think that's him. But like it's it was really cool the way they did it because they had like a latex sheet and Freddy's like pushing out through the latex sheet. But it's a wall. But it you know the way they do it is it's pretty cool practical effect for the eighties. Um, okay, so number nineteen, you really got to take into account the era for this one. This is a Bride of Frankenstein. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. I saw it when I was a kid. I was in all the old uh, Universal monster movies, but it doesn't really stick out that much. Like Frankenstein, I remember a lot of stuff from. The only thing I remember in Bride of Frankenstein was her being made at the very, very end and then seeing Frankenstein's monster and she screams in revulsion. And then I think he winds up burning down the castle in those two. Or until they meet up again with the Wolfman or what Abbott and Costello or whatever the fuck they do after that. But people forget, like, we were mocking the Universal um, monster movies last week, as it should be. (laughs) Because, once again, I don't see why you cast a guy who's totally known for running, Tom Cruise, and put him in a mummy movie. But... uh, Like, they actually were one of the first ones to have their own, like, shared universe. If you really think about it. Yeah. Because they had like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which is weird because it's not actually Frankenstein. It's the monster. Uh, They had uh, Dracula, I think, dropped in on something. I know there's like a cut scene where Nick Fury like announced that the creature from the Black Lagoon was joining the team. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Monster Squad. (laughs) I might be getting it mixed up. I'm just trying to think because when I was... I went to uh, Universal Studios, and that was 1993. <laughs> yes, I'm dating myself. But I remember they had, because um, they have, like, as you go around the park, they have, like, different shows and stuff going on. Because mm-hmm. they had, like, the Back to the Future ride, and they had, like, a backdraft exhibit, which was kind of cool because they just blew a bunch of shit up. <laughs> <laughs> backdraft. Dude, that was... That was probably one of the biggest movies of the 90s. When's the last time you even saw Backdraft on TV? Like, even streaming. Even TV? Oof. Like, even streaming. Have you ever no. even seen it streaming? No. Nobody cares about Backdraft anymore. Check that door for heat. Yeah. Was that a Kurt Russell movie? 
I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, but I think the thing held up a little bit. But they better. had uh one of them was like this uh I think it was all the universal monsters cuz they had like Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, uh Bride of Frankenstein. Um and I think they had I think the most current on that list was Beetlejuice. Okay. I didn't end up going to that show. But. No. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> uh, maybe now that you can watch Tom Cruise running from a mummy, that'll be entertaining. <laughs> Watching his stubby little legs running. Uh, okay, the next movie you're going to like, Evil Dead 2. Classic. Yeah. I feel like we just talked about Evil Dead 2 a lot a couple episodes ago. So I don't know how much I want to get into it. But I do got to say, maybe my favorite horror movie. It's definitely up there. It's certainly the one I've watched the most. I've watched it so many times. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm thinking about watching it again, like tonight. Yeah. I kind of I run through all the Evil Dead movies every Halloween. Nice. Except for the reboot. But now that I'm thinking about it, I should rewatch the reboot. It's pretty well done, I got to say. I know a lot of people say sacrilege, but I mean, you know, Bruce Campbell produced, produced it, it with yeah. Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert. Those are the holy trinity of the Evil Dead stuff. So, so what do you think about where Ashes versus Evil Dead is going? Oh. I figured this is a good place to segue <clears throat> into that. Yeah. Um, okay. So for those not caught up or don't care, uh, it's basically Ash went back to his hometown um, his dad is a six million dollar man and thinks he killed his girlfriend and all of his friends and his, and his dad daughter finally finds out that he did not kill them, that he's actually a demon hunter, and then immediately gets killed. Like Ash gets that like <laughs> Ash he gets was that, like, gonna like give him three something to help. Yeah. He gets like three seconds of recognition from his dad and then it's over. The demon car kills him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, dude, I was laughing that, during that, that was episode. was the best part of that episode was the demon car. Because it is like Sam Raimi's imagination run wild. Like, for people who don't know Sam Raimi super well, that Pontiac that he's got, um, it's in every single movie he's done except for the Quick Delta. and the Dead. Yeah, the Delta. Uh, it's in every movie but the Quick and the Dead. Um, and Bruce Campbell, I read both of his books and, uh, in his autobiography, he is, uh, and I think that one's called if chins could kill, but, <laughs> uh, he wanted to destroy that car many times just to get to Sam, but Sam like hides it in a garage and apparently has another one, like a stunt Delta to throw people off the scent, but he puts it in every movie that he's in. And uh, so that was clearly like wish fulfillment for Sam Raimi, which he already did in Army of Darkness. Like that wasn't enough wish fulfillment. Fucking putting a giant propeller on the car and like armoring it and having it all steampunk and like impaling deadites. That's not enough. Now he's got to have it like poop fire and like bounce up and down and kill people with its tires a la Christine. Christine and... The Futurama episode with the wear car. That's the one that like I really got out of that. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen that episode. No, no, I haven't. No, uh, basically it's take... Uh, Bender gets hit by a wear car and turns into a wear car at night. Oh, I have seen that one, yeah. Um, 
a lot of that reminded me of that episode. Um, the one, uh, there was a couple of good about, things. Are you going to uh, talk about the previous episode? I'll get to that one. Okay. Um, I thought it was really funny at the beginning of the episode where they have like the love montage with the car. (laughs) (laughs) Just Photoshop Sam Raimi's face on a Bruce Campbell for that whole thing. (laughs) That probably made Bruce Campbell ill just even (laughs) filming that scene. (laughs) Okay, so we got to talk about this previous episode. That previous episode was probably one of the most disgusting things i've seen on tv (laughs) so basically ruby goes and uh and she hides the necronomicon in a corpse and so ash has got to go find the corpse and (laughs) in the mortuary so instead of looking for a chest with an incision in it already he just starts sawing through him (laughs) with his chainsaw until he gets to the only one he hasn't checked and then sees the giant incision in it and realizes oh maybe i should have just plunged the chainsaw shape like (laughs) (laughs) so he looks inside it and finds a necronomicon but unfortunately well you go ahead and tell this dude oh so he's pulling it out but it's like his in the the corpse's intestines are wrapped around it so he's fighting this intestines trying to get it out and like the intestines come to life <laughs> as this giant like lamprey thing uh which pulls him through its asshole so basically the worst part was is like it attaches like wraps around his neck and is pulling ash up to the body and there's this naked body sitting on this table i mean completely naked dick out and everything and it, with the, a, with a giant like gold, is that a prince albert ring is that what they gold, call that yeah giant gold Ugh. piercing through his dick and he's like it's flopping up on his face as he's being <laughs> drugged into the asshole of it i'm so glad i didn't watch that one around my kids oh. i waited till they were in school to watch that one and that was a just good move by me. Shit everywhere. <laughs> All right, we got to move on to this list because we're running out of time. So, uh, number 17, they got Dracula, the Bella Lugosi one. Um, uh, all right. I mean, I get it. Super influential. Not my favorite. Not even my favorite when I was a kid. Um, because, like, Nosferatu, far superior to Dracula, Definitely. I believe. But, um, okay, moving on. We got. The original Dawn of the Dead from 1978. That is a great movie. movie. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, I really like how they have the message of consumerism. Because with every George Romero film, you're not getting just a zombie film. You're getting social commentary whipped into there, which is my favorite kind of zombie film. Uh, Okay, number 15, Rosemary's Baby. So... We've got another one by uh, Roman Polanski. Have you seen Rosemary's Baby? I have seen it. It's been a long time. It's good. It's real good, man. Super creepy. You know, know, it's interesting because I was trying to pull stills from it back when uh, this thing was a working TV uh, before we had to bury it in tablecloth. And, uh, like, there's not really any creepy stills to pull from it. It's all, like, theater of the mind stuff, but it just works in that movie. Even the baby, I don't think you ever see the baby. But you just know it's horrendous because it's Satan's spawn, you know? Like, yeah. It, it breaks that show-don't-tell rule 
for movies, but it does it so well because the things you imagine are probably worse than they would have been able to conjure up in the 60s. Uh, Okay, so number 14. Dude, this one is horrifying. The Fly, David Cronenberg's version. It's just... It so belongs on this list, man. It's a great movie. It's terrifying. It's funny. It's it, it's he's basically turning into a fly, but it's like a stand-in for cancer, and uh, it is horrifying, man. Uh, Jeff Goldblum just starts losing his fucking mind as he's turning into this fly, and he's like wringing out his fingers like this, and like blood coming out, parts falling off of him. And- yeah, like. Putting losing teeth other teeth and stuff like parts of his ear and putting them up in his uh his medicine cabinet and talking about how it's the the Brundle Museum or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's losing his mind on top of everything else. Like Cronenberger move or Cronenberger Cronenberg movies, just always horrendous with the body horror. Always, man. Like uh, Zach brought in Map to the Stars to the Myrna Loy when he used to uh, live in Helena here. And I went to watch this and it was advertised as a comedy. Like this is how David Cronenberg was advertising it. Dude, comedies should not have body horror period. (laughs) Like even in his so-called comedy, it's got like incest and people murdering each other and like body horror and like person who's like super burnt and like, Ugh, David Cronenberg, what are you doing, man? But it totally works for the fly. He pulls it all together. It's really good. Um, deserves to be on this list. Okay. Uh, so the next one I've not seen, but I've heard a lot about. Freaks? Uh, heard about it. I don't know the much about it. So it's a silent movie from 1932. Um, or no, it's maybe it's not silent. No, it's not silent, but it's from 1932. It's got actual sideshow performers in it. Um, you have heard the famous line from the movie. One of us, one <laughs> of us, one of us. If it's you been ever wonder, done so many times. So that's where that originally, that's came where it from. came from a 1932 movie. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure that's the first one. I'd be surprised if there was something with like, you know, where you have to like turn the crank and see no, like the individual. Still it says one of us, one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's that exists somewhere, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, number 12, John Carpenter's Halloween. So we got another John Carpenter entry. That totally belongs on the list yeah. because it started the slasher movies. It's not my favorite slasher genre, but like it started them, dude. Freddie yeah. and Jason are not around without Halloween. Yeah. You know, without that Michael Myers movie. Okay, uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. This is from 1920. They really took time period into... Uh, into Never heard of this one. So I saw this in the theater. Really? Yeah, and it's not that I'm that old. <laughs> it's just uh, there was a band that came through. There's this alternative band, and it was like a three-piece band. And like they had one guy playing synthesizers and one guy playing drums and one guy playing like guitars with all kinds of crazy pedals. And they'll play like in the orchestra pit and watch the movie. And so they score the movie every time because it's a silent movie. It was badass. Don't remember a lot about the movie, but I remember like the music like elevated it and made it super cool. Um, 
So I recommend that if you look it up on the internet, I'm sure you'll see it. Like they tour all over, and uh, I think that they do Metropolis as well. So I didn't get to see them do Metropolis, but I know like any alternative, like good album from the '90s, pretty much lines up to Metropolis. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, okay, this next one we were talking about on the porch. I was like, "You seen any Japanese horror movies?" This is the only one that that shows up on this list. But Audition, um, I've seen stills of it. This movie looks fucking horrifying. Like, I just it it looks real scary. It's about a widower. Okay, this is what it said: a widower with a chauvinistic method of finding a new girlfriend tries to win over a lady named Asami. Things turn from crazy to agonizing, and Asami clearly has Ooh. the upper hand. <laughs> so he he kind of gets what he deserves. It sounds like, but they keep showing her like with piano wire and organs in various places. So it looks like a pretty messed up movie. So I think I'm Japanese. Like have some horrific movies. They really do. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna have to check that out. But uh, number nine, Silence of the Lambs. They counted it as a horror movie, and I approve of that. I've been on the record many times. I think it's a super well-done horror movie. So. I love that movie. Yeah. I'm bummed out that we don't have the stills for that uh, because I, I found a picture of Buffalo um, Bill, and he's going to show his mangina, and then I photoshopped a picture of Hannibal Lecter over the mangina because <laughs> I didn't want to get in trouble with Facebook, y'all. <laughs> but you're still showing nipple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care, dude. They don't care. It's male nipples. You can take a That's female's true. breast and Photoshop male nipples onto it and get away with it. So, whatever. And before somebody gets on me about transsexuals and stuff, like, keep in mind that he, it's said in the movie that he's not a real transsexual. <laughs> this is part of his thing. Like, he's trying to transcend to blah, blah, blah. I don't remember. I've only seen the movie like a hundred times, so. Uh, moving on, number eight, Psycho. Uh, I assume Classic. the original Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, movie. yeah, great movie, dude. Um, I could say stuff, but it's all cliche, and it's the things you've heard a million times about Psycho. So, I don't know. Do you have anything profound about Psycho? No. Okay. Uh, I I am one of the only people you'll meet who's seen every Psycho movie. I can't claim that. Yeah, I was a fan when I was a kid. Psycho two. Super good. So how super far underrated. into uh, Bates Motel did you get? Oh, dude, that's a flaming pile of garbage. So that's where I gave up. Um, I that, I think that's what really killed my love of Psycho. I, I, was, I was in for the first season, but not super in as the first season kept going. Yeah, it just like and less then, and less. And then I think we started watching season two. And then like this, I think it was the second or third maybe third episode and we're like why are we still watching this yeah i tried to convince my my wife it wasn't worth watching but she made me sit through the whole second season oh, and then the third season farther than yeah, I did. and then the third season i just didn't bring up it was coming back and it was like five episodes in and she tried to get me into it and so she went to like watch season three episode one and i did the move that Every woman in my house does constantly. I flipped up my phone and just played with my phone the whole episode. <laughs> and then she started to make me watch the second episode. And I put up the phone again. And then she never made me watch another episode after that. So I kind of got the message across that I'm not watching this anymore. 
Uh, oh, it's it just, was it was so bad. bad. It's bad, dude. You don't you don't make a show where Norman Bates is the least bad like killer in town. Like, there's too many killers in that in that show. Yeah, it's just it, it takes away from the impact of what he's doing. But uh, number seven, the original Night of the Living Dead from 1968. That. Everybody needs to watch this movie. Great. And it's free. You can probably get it on YouTube because it's it's uh somebody forgot to renew the rights like way back years ago. And so it's it's uh what do, what do they call that? Um public domain. Public domain, thank you. So you can probably find it on YouTube, but it's good. It's real good. It's got a nice twist at the end, another social commentary thing. Um yeah, I, I highly recommend watching that movie. Uh, made during civil rights. Keep that in, in mind, like during the civil rights era. Uh, okay, number six, Nosferatu. Great. Yeah, great movie. We did an episode back in Real Roulette. If you ever want to check that out. It's still out there on the net. You can check it out. Yeah, and I even like made a YouTube video where I put in Star Wars noises to score Nosferatu <laughs> because I decided that they needed some effects. To kind of spice up the movie. But it's fucking... It's a real good movie. Um, there's a lot of weird kind of poetry things going on sometimes with the words. Talking about the bird flying and singing or whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But uh, Nosferatu, like fucking creepy with the design of, of the, the Dracula. And Dracula came out like years after Nosferatu. And we're fucking lucky Nosferatu exists. Because when I was researching it for Real Roulette, they tried to destroy every copy because Bram Stoker's widow like, like basically decided it was too close to Dracula and so went to court and won. And they tried to destroy every single copy of it. And like one copy survived. And it was in some private collectors, um, uh, in a private collector's collection and just hid it away for long enough to where it didn't matter anymore. And then it just came out to the public domain. So thank God that one dude held on to it. Cause I would hate to live in a world without Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh, okay. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Classic movie. Fucking terrifying, but we spent so much time talking about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much we have to get into that again. No. Um, alien, the original alien. Absolutely. Some people are saying, why isn't Aliens on the list? Because it's not a horror movie. It's an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I don't know who would classify it as a horror movie, but uh, the original Alien, definitely a horror movie. Definitely terrifying at parts. Uh, Jason X totally stole the ship design. Yeah. So that's a high pedigree. When you got high caliber <laughs> movies like Jason X ripping you off. The Jason X. <laughs> yeah, the Jason X. Uh, number three, I question whether it's a horror movie. I guess you can classify it, but if you're going to classify it as a horror movie, it's got to be high on the list. Jaws. I'd classify it as a horror movie. I wouldn't. I know that there's a couple of things at the beginning, but it feels like more of a typical Steven Spielberg, like adventure movie to me. Like they're in the boat, they're drinking, they're singing songs, they're going out. There's a barrel following them around for a while because they launch it into the shark. Like, it just feels like it's full on adventure movie to me. See, it feels less adventure and more like a supernatural stalker almost. No, no, that's Jaws four. Oh, <laughs> where it's a serial killer. Oh god, that follows up to the that Caribbean. Piece of shit, doesn't. <laughs> 
it's even so Michael worth Kane could. <laughs> it's so worth seeing just for I, how I bad it. it is. Do you really? Yeah, I love it when Michael Kane like goes into the water and he's wearing a white shirt and like it just fucking there's all this dye that they put in the water and his shirt just turns blue <laughs> like there's just so many bad things about that movie um okay let's see here the exorcist number two i probably would have put Give it number number one but definitely deserves to be on the list uh have you watched the show yet? no uh we're a couple episodes in i don't think we caught it this week but it's all right for a fox show it's okay um, I highly prefer Lethal Weapon to The Exorcist. <laughs> I'm into Lethal Weapon, guys. Uh, number one. Can you guess what number one is? You think of any classic horror movies we haven't covered yet that you think might be on the list. I've never seen this as number one, but it's definitely highly regarded. So, Probably not Carrie. Nope, it's not Carrie. But that is a very well-regarded horror movie. For sure. I don't know. The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> do you want to get sued? <laughs> so uh it has nothing to do with the book from what I understand. But the things I've read about the book, it's probably for the best. Sorry, Stephen King. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> I actually made my youngest sit down and watch me, watch it with me a couple, like six months ago. Have you watched the documentary? Uh, two four or room two four seven. No, I've heard great things about this documentary. Yeah, I mean, like it's there's a couple of things you're like maybe, but then there's just a lot of things where you're like you're fucking crazy, like you're just straight up crazy. But uh, so that's the list of the top thirty horror movies according to Cinema Cinema Blend. Blend. Yeah, they always link up to Yahoo, don't they? I feel like I've looked at many a thing that yeah. links up the cinema blend, so it seems to be where they're getting their bread and butter. But so, uh, you have anything else you want to hit before so, we head out of here? Uh, I did want to talk quickly about Simpson Six Hundred. Okay, um, it was fun because it was the Treehouse of Tor- Horror twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> was it twenty three? I think you read those Roman numerals. No, wait, wrong. it was twenty six. It's like 27, I think, because it's season 28, and they didn't do it the first season, but it's their most popular episode every year, so I think it's 27, but uh, Uh, I'm a nerd for knowing that. (laughs) I love the, uh, they had uh, Frank Grimes. All that one. No, the one I really liked was the James Bond and uh, Kingsman service. Yeah. I still haven't seen The Kingsman, so I didn't quite pick up on, on that. But I definitely got the spy movie kind of yeah. feel to it. Did you know Matthew Vaughn, uh, who made The Kingsman, did you know he's making a Flash Gordon sequel? Really? Yeah. Oh. Not remake. Sequel. Yes. <laughs> God, please put Sam Jones in it again. <laughs> and dub his voice again. <laughs> We need to make all the mistakes we made from the original movie. Just score it with the original Queen music. Just hire some Italians to be set designers. <laughs> yeah. Make like, sure the director doesn't speak English. English. Yeah. Uh, we, need to, we need to just... I, I know it's lightning in a bottle, but I think we can recreate this. I really do. 
Uh, okay, so do you it's guys, not the heroes we want; it's the heroes we deserve. That's right. We deserve some more Fulton in our life, <laughs> as uh, Aaron called him, Jack O' Lantern Jaw, because <laughs> the dude has like fifty teeth. And he's got like two rows of teeth like a shark, but they're just all pushed together into one row. It's crazy. <laughs> and they're definitely square too, like a, like a comic book rendering of teeth. But uh, Okay, I, I'm going to kill it here because we've been going for about an hour and ten minutes. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Um, if you're a Facebook listener, you can check out Montucky Skies. Just go to iTunes or Zune or podcast land or who the fuck knows montuckysguys.blogspot.com yeah yeah you can get a whole archive of all i believe this will be episode 284 so if you're a completist you got some work to do um and then uh check out the other shows as we mentioned early earlier uh we had a good life um simply biggie (laughs) (laughs) no uh bigs on film that's debatable Alien movie project. Alien movie project, yeah. I just pro- like finished producing an episode of that today, so that should have been fresh on my mind. Thank you. Um, yeah, and if you're a podcast listener, we're going to do this Facebook Live video again next month. So come join us, and we'll give you a little more heads up next time instead of like two weeks and then not bringing it up again. But thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. Take it easy. I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. You take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on it because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache, because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right, and the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all-around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like, like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag Seminilla. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.